Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, on today's episode, we're going to continue our discussion of the doctrine of salvation, and we're going to talk about the role that works plays in the doctrine of salvation, which is really more of the sanctification aspect. But there are some passages in scripture where it feels like, especially if you have read or studied certain interpretations of these passages uh, in your lifetime that the the waters can sort of get muddied between exactly what is the justification part of it and what is the sanctification part of it and where exactly works fit in. Uh, You may be familiar with phrases like, we're saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone and other phrases like that that sort of blur the line a little bit between exactly where works fit in. So part of what I want to do today is look at James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, which is the famous justified by works passage. And I want to break that down just a little bit to help us better get a handle on exactly how these two things fit together, because they do fit together. And that is actually James' whole point in this passage is that faith and works fit together, but that the overlap between them really isn't an overlap. Uh, It's more of a succession. And I want to illustrate that through the scriptures. So if we go to James chapter two, this is a passage that is often cited in defense of, man, all kinds of different doctrines. And some of them are errant doctrines And so it's really important for us to get our heads around exactly what James is and is not saying here. And in past Fruit Snacks episodes, I think a long time ago, right right when we first started doing Fruit Snacks, actually, this is one of the things that I covered. So by way of review, because I'm not going to rehash that so much here, but if you go to verse 24 and you see that it says, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone, the way that we read that in English would lead one to to interpret it as James is saying it is you're not just justified by faith it's faith and works it's not faith alone it's faith plus something else which is works but actually grammatically speaking that interpretation which reads naturally to us in English is impossible in the Greek and the reason for that is if you have any language tools at your disposal If you look up the word alone in James 2.24, you will find that the part of speech, grammatically, it is a adverb, which means that it can only modify a verb and not a noun. And in this verse, James 2.24, both works and faith are nouns, which means that the word alone can't be applied to them. It has to be applied to the verb in the verse, which is justified. So a better or more grammatically accurate way of interpreting this verse is James is saying, you see that a person is not only or not alone justified by works, but is also justified by faith. In other words, we're talking about two 
distinct kinds of justifications. And when we understand that in James 2.24, and we go back and we look at what he's saying in verses 21 through 26, it makes sense because that's really what I wanted to focus on is that he gives two prime examples of how he's talking about this, that where works fit in is always after our salvation. And I think that that is really obvious to us when we look at James 2.21 because the example he gives is of Abraham being justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac. But we know, because we talked on Monday's episode, that Abraham was justified or considered righteous before God way back in Genesis 15.6 when he simply believed God before he did anything before Isaac was even around. So Abraham's justification here has nothing to do with his salvation or his standing before God. He's already righteous in God's eyes because of his belief. So how is Abraham justified here? Well, he is justified if we are correct in in seeing that James is talking about two different kinds of justification in verse 24. We are justified before God by our faith, our belief, because God knows our hearts. But we are justified before others by our actions. They don't know our hearts. And so it is by the way that we live that we show them, that we demonstrate what we and God already know, which is that we have placed our trust and our belief in him. And so in that way, we can be justified before God, but not necessarily before men if we aren't living it. And so James is saying it is important to do both. Both of them serve different purposes, and it is very important that we work to justify ourselves before men, even though it has nothing to do with our salvation, because it represents Christ well through us, and it also is the basis by which others may end up coming to Christ themselves. And so there's lots of good reasons, not to mention the good that it does within the body of Christ when we as the church are actually functioning as God intended. So there's all kinds of reasons why we should be looking to do this kind of thing, even though it has nothing to do, as I said, with our salvation. But what about Rahab? Because in verses 25 and 26 of James chapter 2, he also cites another example of this, which is Rahab and her justification by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. And if we are just sort of remembering or recalling the story of Rahab, it's really difficult to see, unlike with Abraham, a clear moment where Rahab already believed and then she is now doing this this, uh, so-called work in order to be justified. In fact, this is the first time we meet her. So how in the world in James's mind is Rahab doing a second sort of justification, the, the kind before men? When, when did her justification before God occur? Well, I want to take you to that passage in Joshua chapter 2. And it's because if we read the text very carefully, if we slow down, we actually see the same pattern here. In Joshua chapter 2, in the very first verses, they meet Rahab, she brings them in, and she hides them from the men who are pursuing the, the spies. However, before she sends them back out, we read this from her in verses 9, 10, and 11. She says, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. 
For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you have devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath." So what we get from Rahab is chronologically a confession of faith that she had already arrived at before she'd ever met these men, these spies from Israel. And so by the time she does meet them, part of the the reason that she takes them in and hides them and then sends them on their way, which according to James justifies her by works to them and to all of Israel She had already decided that the Lord of the Israelites was the only true God, that he was the God of gods, the Lord of lords, and there was no other God besides him. That's what she says in Joshua 2, 11. And so she had already been justified by faith before God. So we see in James here, he actually gives two examples, which when we look at the scriptures, follows perfectly along with the grammar that we see in verse 24, that justification before God happens first through belief and faith. That is all that is required. But then our works come into play as we seek to live out that faith and to justify ourselves before men and to serve as a good example, as an ambassador for Christ, which again has nothing to do with our standing before Christ, but can help others see that our faith is genuine and that they should believe it too. 